Welcome back to the one and only Game of Life podcast, where your host today will be myself, David Nurse. We have a very interesting podcast for you today, and you're probably going to think, what, when I tell you about it? But this could be the way that you live to 100 years old after listening to this, and it is literally the fountain of youth found, Longevity Village, China. Yeah, sounds mystical, right? But before I tell you more about it... All right, welcome back to the Game of Life podcast. We've got Jeremy Lin on. Jeremy, what's going on? The two most important days in your life are the day you're born and the day you find out why. He's like the eye of the hurricane because in the middle of the hurricane, it's really calm. And so Michael never tried to stop all the madness around him. What he learned was he just got calm in the middle of it. Stealing that pass at Staples, I was like, dude. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Give Kobe a little glance after that. What's up? Uh, you want to be that person that when they walk into a room, that people are happy to see you. Talk to me about working with Ronaldo. You helped coach Ronaldo to become a great sleeper. A human test tube. Thank you, man. I, I, <laughs> I think that's like one notch up from being a human guinea pig. They'll take it. In a good uh, way. And I just pray, man. Like, I just pray and I just thank God for, for everything. The moment you realized, man, I'm in the NBA. Oh, man, that was from day one. That was the, the, the day I got drafted when I heard my name being called. Buckle up. The Game of Life podcast coming at you, where we bring to you the behind-the-scenes lives of NBA players, business-savvy entrepreneurs, and top-level performers in all fields of personal development. The podcast that helps you become the best version of you. And like I mentioned, today you are going to learn how to live till you're 100 years old and look good naked when you're 90. You are going to learn this all from John Day. John is a cardiologist with degrees from Johns Hopkins University and Stanford University, one of the leaders in longevity and how to actively live till 100 years old, which you'll hear about today on John's adventure to longevity China. John is going to break down how you can literally rewire your genes and unlock the DNA code. He's going to tell you how these people of longevity China, how they functioned every day. The food that they ate, the diets they were on, the exercise, and the one most important thing, the one most important thing that guaranteed them they would live to 100 years old. All of that coming up on the podcast, Game of Life with John Day. And of course, at the end of the show, we have our three pointers of the week with a special bonus that I'll tell you about at the end of the show. And we have a new sponsor for today. You know how I love coffee. Chimera Coffee. Coffee based with nootropics. Tell you more about that soon. But now it's time to take a cold, refreshing drink from the Fountain of Youth with John Day. Game of Life. Here we go. All right, John Day, welcome to the podcast. John, pioneer in cardiology field with a doctorate from Stanford, a New York Times bestseller, and speaks Chinese fluently. John, is there anything that you can't do? Oh, there's plenty I can't do. I just try to focus on a few things. You do a very good job of doing so. And I want to start it off with a bang. What really jumped out to me as your study in longevity is Longevity Village in China and your visit there. 
Can you tell us uh, the journey that you took to get there and just fill us in on what's going on over there? It seems like a mythological city, basically, to me. Oh, it was, it was quite an experience. And it all started out, you know, I, I hit my mid-40s. And all my life, I've been very physically active. But yet, you know, I had this crazy idea, even, even as a cardiologist, that as long as I'm exercising, that I'm healthy. And, you know, I wasn't. I was eating crap. And I got away with it for years, like so many people do. But by the time I hit my mid-40s, it all started catching up to me. And almost overnight, I found myself on five prescription medications, autoimmune disease, eosinophilic esophagitis. I was overweight, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, couldn't sleep at night. You know, it just, it all started breaking down. And, and I just remember thinking, you know, I'm in my mid-40s. And it hurts to do surgeries during the day. And I can't even play basketball with my kids. My back was hurting so much that I just remember thinking, you know, I, what's it going to be like when I'm, when I'm in my mid-50s, my mid-60s, my mid-70s? I, I can't live like this anymore. And, you know, I tried the usual Western approach to things, and, and I, I just wasn't getting anywhere. And you, you had mentioned that I speak Chinese, and so I'm frequently asked to speak at the big cardiac meetings in China to represent, uh, you know, various medical societies. And through these travels and these talks, I, I came to meet uh, some great people, some colleagues who shared with me this place in China. It's part of the longevity belt, which has the highest percentage known percentage of centenarians in the world and they're, they're not getting sick they're in their 100s and they're still physically active and and i i remember thinking you know this is crazy this is i i don't believe it something's not right here but uh, at their urging and my wife's urging we we took our family there on a series of journeys and eventually we put together a research team, we analyzed their DNA, we did everything, and we came to find out it is true. Um, and we really can unlock this healing power in our bodies. We can have great health in our 90s or 100s. And in fact, most people can enjoy great health in their 90s as long as they, they focus on some of the fundamentals and their body will take care of them. Wow. And what, what were they doing over there specifically? Were they eating something? Were they doing some type of exercise? What were the keys that had them be able to have this longevity? And basically, like you pointed out too, I mean, they kind of regenerated their genes. Exactly. And that's something that each of us can do. And when we looked at their genes, I was convinced that, uh, you know, I was going to see that they had won the genetic lottery. Right. But they didn't. They, they had the same genes that code for heart disease, dementia, cancer, et cetera, that, that we see here in the U.S., their, their genes were no different. And what it really comes down to is what are called epigenetic factors, the daily little decisions, the lifestyle decisions you make each and every day determine which genes are turned on and which genes are turned off. And so the same is to us. We can unlock that that DNA code to great health at 90 and beyond if we make those right decisions every day. Interesting. Everything on a daily basis. I like that a lot. What, can you tell us some of the foods that they were eating? What was their main diet consist of? Absolutely. So their their diet, first of all, the most the thing that was most striking is when we first made it to this village in twenty twelve, there was there was no there were no coconut 
Coca-Cola products in this village. There were, you know, and I mean, that's that's amazing. Coca-Cola has invaded the world, but they were not there yet. Now, on subsequent visits, they they did make it into even this remote area of China. And that was really the beauty of this village is that until about 10 years ago, they were geographically isolated, cut off from the rest of China, from the rest of the world. And so they didn't have all these outside influences. So if you look at their diet, you're not going to see any added sugar. You're not going to see any processed foods. You're not going to see all these, you know, food-like products that you, that are just everywhere. There's no fast food. There was none of that. They ate real food. Um, the food that they ate, a lot of the veg, I mean, vegetables were a part of every meal they ate. And a lot of what we looked at it, it, it kind of looked like weeds. But, you know, it was very tasty and, and incredibly healthy for you. They ate these small little uh, fish that they would pull out of their river, lots of fruits, lots of vegetables, uh, legumes, nuts, seeds. They just ate real. Interesting. So you're saying they didn't have any fast food McDonald's Big Macs on hand. Hmm. No. Can you imagine that? <laughs> wow. What a world they live in. Natural foods, huh? That's, that's Yeah. It, that's, seems, it seems so strange. Yeah. What about, what about exercise? Were they on an exercise regimen or was it just their style of life that they lived? You know, so that's an interesting question. And if you asked any of these centenarians, and in fact, I did when we first got there, what do you do for exercise? And they just kind of gave me that deer in the headlights look. <laughs> like, exercise? Why would I want to exercise? But, yeah. you know, these people were physically active from sunup to sundown. They did hand farming. And they would carry these 50, 60, 70 pound loads of vegetables on their back and go up and down these mountainsides. So they had periods of high intensity with just constant movement throughout the day. And when you stop to look at it and I analyze them, you know, they were working every muscle group throughout the day and they, they weren't sitting. And, and that's really the quite the striking thing. And I think it's important for your audience to know is that the studies that are coming out now that are showing that even if you, you go to the gym and you mm-hmm. kill it for an hour or two each day, if you're sitting around for the rest of the day, that hour or two in the gym cannot undo the damage of sitting all day. I mean, it, it really is true, the new saying that sitting is the new smoking. That's a great point. I've been studying a lot on that, too. That's a great point. And I've been able to read your book, The Longevity Plan, and listen to about everything that you've put out there. And you talk about seven lessons that you've learned from Longevity Village in China. I know you've given a few on nutrition and exercise, but is there anything else like in their mindset, their community, anything that really just jumps out to you? You're like, man, we need to do this in everyday life in America. You know, the thing that probably, and this is sort of top of mind right now is, we talked about it in chapter five that they, they lived a life in rhythm. And this is something you're not going to see in most health and wellness books. And, and many people have asked me, you know, why did you include that in the chapter? As a cardiologist, my, my area of specialty is keeping hearts in rhythm. Um, treat, you know, making sure that hearts are beating fast, not, not, not too fast, not too slow, not irregular, but a nice steady heartbeat that goes up appropriately with exercise and comes back down. And so I've been fascinated with the rhythm. And this is something that's sort of top of mind because just this past week, um, three Americans were awarded the Nobel Prize for their work in circadian rhythms and, and the clock gene and that which governs what we're doing. And it, there's so much research around living our lives in rhythm. 
sleeping and waking at the same time, eating at about the same time, our bodies have, our, we have this clock gene and our bodies want to maintain this natural circadian rhythm. And if we disrupt it, then we do so at our own peril. And so as I, one thing I've seen as a cardiologist is the same people whose hearts are out of rhythm, if you examine their lives, their lives are often out of rhythm. And, and I think this is something with your travels in Japan and that, mm-hmm. that the Asian community really is the rhythms of life, the seasons, the times of the day are important. And living in harmony with these rhythms around us is one of the, the secrets to health that, that is too often overlooked in the Western culture. I'm really glad you brought that point up because I I think that is spot on through all my travels internationally. If I can find myself getting back onto my circadian rhythm and in a rhythm, morning routine, everything throughout my day, everything, my health, my my joy, everything feels better. And I think that's something that people take for granted is circadian rhythm, uh, living in a rhythm in life. And as you said, just, I mean, doing everything on a natural basis. So I'm, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up. Is there... Is there any hacks or morning routines that you that you took from the Centurions that that you took and that you implement in your daily life now? Absolutely, and that was the thing is until recently, you know, they didn't they didn't have all the the screen time and televisions and all yeah. these lights and computers and everything at night, and and that's something that I see in my practice is. Too often, all this blue light from electronic devices late at night, then it disrupts your sleep, and and, and it really sets people up for, uh, you know, a a difficult situation. And I think for me, getting in rhythm is probably the most important thing I can do is, is to try to get to bed at about the same time every day. Now, sometimes that's hard. I'm traveling. I travel like you, although not as much as you travel. <laughs> and, and, that, and that can be a challenge when you travel. And, and I know that that's something yeah. I just, I, I just lo- you know, I, I really like those stretches where I can maybe go a couple of weeks without traveling because sure. I know my energy levels are so much higher. My productivity levels is when, I, when I'm able to get in that rhythm. And, and by slowing down after dinner, having that light and early dinner, shutting down some of the screen time at night, um, really, it sets me in a frame. So then in the morning, I'm up early, I'm refreshed, I can start my workouts, I can start my morning routine. And just my mind and body are just completely uh, reinvigorated. That's great. I was going to ask you for points that you could give the audience on things that they could take away. But I think over the last 10 minutes, you've actually, I mean, you've hit more than I could ask for eating natural food, getting on your circadian rhythm, constant rise and fall at the same time, movement continually throughout the day, not sitting, sitting being the new smoking, light early dinners with no screen time after after dinner before bed, blue lights are terrible at night. That's a ton of information just right there that you that everybody can do daily. That's easy to implement daily. It's not saying that you have to con- like change your life dramatically. No, That's no. what's cool. Quick break from the podcast. Got to tell you about our sponsor for the week, Chimera Coffee. So you guys all know how I love coffee, literally love coffee. So when I heard about these guys and little teaser for you, we might have them on the podcast sometime soon. I was super excited. Chimera Coffee is more than just a coffee. It's a way of life. With nootropics stimulating dopamine levels in the brain, 
Chimera Coffee is aiding the reward response and helping you take action toward moving your goals and shattering them. The result, a dynamic community where everybody inspires each other. All of that through coffee. The community, become the legend. Check it out, chimeracoffee.com, spelled with a K, K-I-M-E-R-A-K-O-F-F-E-E.com. The links will be in the show notes as well as your code, nurse, at the checkout to get your discount. Check it out, Chimera Coffee, great tasting and enhanced with nootropics. Now let's jump back into the podcast and learn how you can apply these life lessons that John took away from Longevity Village, China and implement them into your life to live to 100 years old, actively and healthy, of course. And it's really just optimizing your life for peak performance and peak energy. And just those things alone uh, will really supercharge your listeners with energy and, and focus because when you get right down to it, it's, it's energy. It's, it's harnessing that energy is what really allows us to just savor life and get the most out of life and the most out of relationships and give of ourselves. So you're saying people don't have to travel with you to Longevity Village in China to unlock this key of the fountain of youth. You know what? And if they did, I think they would be I would think they would be disappointed because this village is changing. Yeah. And sadly, as oh, this economic miracle of China has now even reached this remote corner, which is just a small little remote mountainous village near the Vietnam border. Now that they have roads and infrastructure and, and money is pouring in and the, and the medical tourists are pouring in, the very nature, the fabric of this village is changing. And it's just so sad to watch this. It's, it's almost like you're watching this, this car crash in slow motion. But, you know, everybody has to go through the same thing. And, and our, our, this modern lifestyle is so addictive from the foods to everything. And, and, and I just, sadly, I'm watching it ruin the fabric of this, of this community. And that was really, we really hit it at, at just the right time. We were able to see it just before the old ways went away. And, and that's something that we argue in the book is that if you want this, uh, if you want this fountain of youth, if you want to unlock this healing capacity, in your genes and live these remarkably long lives and in fabulous health, the, the key is we can have the best of both worlds here. We don't have to travel to this remote village in China because, you know, it's changing. They're, they're heading down the path of modernization with processed foods and, sure. and sitting and everything else. So the key is really to take the lessons yeah. um, of with our ancestors had and apply them in a way in our life so that we really can have the best of both worlds. Well, do you have any plans to go back there soon? Because I'd love to jump on the plane with you and travel over there. Because I know it's a, I know it's a journey when you're talking about it, like a two day journey even to get there. I want to do the I want to do the whole experience, man. I'm coming with you. Three days. It's, all right. Jeez. No, it's it's a great experience. Yeah. Okay. Whenever you go next time, we can introduce a basketball camp over to them. Bring that into their lives. Oh, the NBA, as you know, it's huge in China. I mean, they. Uh, yeah, we'll get we'll they, get it to the long- Chinese love the NBA. Yeah, we'll get it to Longevity Village. We'll start a team. We'll have the Longevity Village Centurions. How about that? There you go. <laughs> 
Hey, what do you think? Just take a stab on this. I'm sure a lot of people ask you this, and you don't have to have the answer, obviously. But let's go Jetsons mode. Where do you think people will be hundred a hundred years from now? Do you think people will be taking the this information and actually applying it to their lives and living longer, healthier lives, or do you think it'll go the opposite way? Continue to go the opposite way. Well, you know, I, I am encouraged that. As, at least in the in the U.S. and Western Europe, for example, and a few other countries around the world, there's this growing awareness that we've strayed too far from the secrets to health. You see it in the organic food movement. Yeah. Um, you see it in the prolifer- uh, proliferation of, of gyms and other ways, and you see it in more in natural parks and outdoor spaces and places where people can be physically active outside, you know, so so I am encouraged with what I'm seeing um, in Western countries. Where is the future going to go? I think we're going to have a much better understanding of our genes. And you know what? There is no one perfect diet for everyone. We are all different. We're all wired a little bit differently. And what works for one person may not work for another one. Maybe one person thrives on a, a high fat diet. Maybe another person thrives on a high-carb diet. Maybe someone else thrives on a high-protein diet. There is so much that we don't understand. And I think as we look to the future, I think we'll have a better understanding of our genes. We'll be able to know what foods – and I really look at food as like fuel for our body. What fuels are going to be the optimal for peak performance, peak athletic performance? If you're in the business place, that's going to give you optimal energy – and I think we're going to really understand that. And we're going to see a lot in how we can hack our, our DNA, if you will, with the advance of, of, of science. And, and so I'm encouraged. I think the people a century from now are going to be even healthier than we are today. That's a great answer. It's, I, think, I think you're right on. People are going to be able to find their own personal rhythm, like be able to customize what works best for them. It's like, right now, it's just awesome. trial and error. Exactly. And, and you can go th- through a lot of process until you find out, you know, what foods, what rhythm, what schedule, what workout regimen is best for you. And, and sometimes we, we learn by the school of hard knocks. You know, you get a bad injury or something, and then you realize, oh, I guess, I guess that wasn't what I was sp- supposed to be doing. Yep. Right on. John, I'm going to put you on the hot seat with a couple rapid-fire questions are there any mottos that you live by? Anything that you've built your life around that you can just that you'll post up above your bedroom door in the mornings or on your mirror? I love it. And this is something that this was not a part of my life until this this whole transformation around this longevity plan, this 5-year journey where I was able to completely turn my health around and 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 study these people and, and share with the world the, the knowledge that we learn from them. Really, my motto now is simplicity. Nice. Is too often, we are just making life too complex. We're making health too complex. We're making workouts too. Everything's too complex um, and with the amount of stuff we own and everything and just really simplifying on what's most important. And I think if we can let go of a lot of the stuff that we just don't need in our lives, that will we can experience much greater levels of happiness and health that we would never have dreamed of before. Love it. That's awesome. How about the best advice you have ever gotten? So 
I think, and this was another sad thing, I didn't learn it till halfway through my life, is, is that true wealth, true wealth is time. Um, you know, that is, that is the only thing we, that is our most prized possession is our time. And, and true wealth is really to have the time to be able to live your life the way you want to live your life. Awesome. And one of my favorite questions that I always ask people, especially people that are very, very knowledgeable and amazing people like yourself to see who you're learning from, what, if you could, if you could invite three people, dead or alive, to a dinner party, who are you inviting? So, uh, well, first of all, we don't have many dinner parties, but if, but if, <laughs> if we had one, um, if we, you know, that's the that's price you pay with four, four children, and yeah. you know, you're busy just trying to meet the day-to-day activities, I would go back in time. I would go nice. way back in time. Um, and when I look through, you know, history, what it would be to three people, uh, certainly Jesus. Jesus would have yep. to be there. Uh, there's so much I would just love to. There's so much that was ne- I'm sure was never included in the New Testament that I would I would love to just get pick his pick his brain on on you know just philosophies on life. Um, the next it would be Hippocrates, who's the father of medicine, going back. Back to the, the you know the ancient, uh, ancient uh, you know civilization, and then with my love of Chinese and everything Chinese, Confucius, just the wisdom that he had and and how the the, the philosophies he shared has really guided a nation of people. That's a great threesome right there. What are you What are you cooking for them? And you can't say you're ordering in Big Macs from McDonald's. That doesn't count either. <laughs> You know, I we're we're still trying to. You know, we just moved. We just bought this. Uh, we're renovating a, an old farm in in Park City, and we just That's moved there. Cool. And and so we're hoping to have our our nice organic garden next year. So uh, we'll have to make this dinner party for next year. But we want to share with them what we grow in year one, and and I'm sure that they'll probably have some tips for us. Um, but just to to really just to share real food. That's great, man. I'm coming. I'll, I'll be the waiter at the dinner party. You're living my dream, growing your own food. I just wanna. I want to be able to hunt my own food too, so I can have like a bison to eat for bison Absolutely. meat the whole year. You're you're living my dream. I'm coming. I'm coming out there. Nothing right. Nothing pumped up with antibiotics or all exactly. those other hormones. Exactly. All right. If you could leave the audience just with uh, just an overall nutshell on why they should care about longevity, living a healthy life, and just just wrapping everything together in a in a nutshell form. So I think the big picture here is that the average American if you look at World Health Organization data, the average American is disabled by age sixty nine. What does that mean? That means they're going from doctor's office to doctor's office and they're taking handfuls of medications yeah. every morning. Yeah. The average American is disabled by age 69. And if you look at the average time of retirement, 65, I mean, that only leaves four golden years. I mean, that's awful. You slave away your whole life, and then you're disabled in retirement. But yet, what could be there is that if you look at the medical studies, study after study showed that if you follow the principles of the book, you know, longevity plan, what we outline here, the average person should still have great health at age 90. And if you look at that, if you live the way everybody else is living here in the U.S., you are leaving 
20 good years of life on the table, 20 years of health, you're leaving it on the table, which is awful. Um, I mean, either way, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to grow old. You can either grow old disabled or you can grow old playing basketball, running, skiing, biking, whatever you like doing up until age 90. And really the choice is up to each one of us. That is great advice. I absolutely want to be a 90 year old playing full court pickup basketball. So I'm doing it. I'm at, and I'm going to ski on my 100th birthday. So <laughs> that's great. That's, that's, that's my dream. On my 100th birthday, I'm going to ski. Okay. You teach me how to ski on your 100th birthday. That's what I there do. There you go. So I'm going to test my Chinese here real quick. And I would love I would love to have you all day on the podcast. And this is what I'm going to say. Queen Duo Guasu Wo Yidan. Is that close? Yeah. Is please that, tell me a little more. Yeah. Is that, okay. All right. Good. No, John, thank you so much for your time. This has been an absolute blessing to have you on the podcast. And it's just a, a ton of awesome information that people can use daily to increase their, not just their longevity, but their overall health in life, their overall daily joy. I think it's, I mean, I think everybody should listen to everything that you do and read your book. So if you can leave the audience too with how can we follow everything that Dr. John Day does, hit me with it. So first, Start with the book, The Longevity Plan. Um, it's uh, available. Many bookstores carry it, or it's online through Amazon or wherever you get books. Start there. The basics are there. Five years of my life, research, everything is there. Beautiful stories of the village, practical advice, um, and it reads well. After that, come to my website, drjohnday.com. I have a weekly blog, weekly podcast. If you want to dive do a deeper dive and really unlock the secrets to health, happiness, and longevity. That's awesome. We'll definitely link to all that in the show notes. And John, you're, you're much more than just longevity. It's more research I've done on you too, is like just the research that you are doing in reversing the risk of developing Alzheimer's. That's, that's life changing. So we oh, just want to, I mean, that'll just, yeah. right. For sure. That'll ruin your life. For sure. So I just want to thank you for all that you're doing, all that you're doing for humanity, all that you're doing for health. Um, and just thank you for your time being on this podcast. And we'll definitely oh. get everybody turned on to you as much as possible. I'm coming out there to, Salt, or to, to Park City to see you. And we are going to China together next time. Fabulous. Okay. Th- all right. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you, John. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Big time thanks to John Day for coming on the podcast and absolutely dropping some knowledge on us on how to live to 100 years old, how to live a healthy lifestyle. It's not all about becoming a centurion or or living to 100, but it's how do you live each day where you're healthy, which creates happiness, and all of that you can do. Just take these seven things that John talks about in his book and what you learned here today on the podcast and apply them to your everyday life. Before we jump into the three-pointers of the week, we have a listener call-in. And the call of the week coming from Hiro in Japan. Well, Twitter message, actually. Thank you, Hiro. My country, Japan. Obviously one of my favorites, as you guys know. And Hiro writes, I really like the diversity of guests you bring on the podcast. It's cool to see how many people from many different walks of life can achieve what their goals are by having a vision and a passion. You give me inspiration to follow my passion. Thank you, David. My pleasure, Hero. Thank you for writing in on the podcast. And 
continue to follow your passion. That goes for everyone out there. That's the purpose of living life and the excitement of it. Hero, you will be entered to win NBA tickets to a game of your choice, which that drawing will go in December. Let you know more on that as it comes around the corner as well. Okay, drum roll, please. Now it's time for the three-pointers of the week. Three-pointer number one, the book that I am reading. Interesting book. It is by Mark Manson, Manson, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a... I'll let you finish that one. Yes, a counterintuitive approach to living a good life. Basically, what it breaks down to is... There are so many things going on around in our world, especially this day and age with technology, and we just need to figure out which ones really matter. We feel like we have so little time and are so busy, but we got to figure out what the most important thing is, the essential, essentialism. That is by Mark Manson. Check it out. Links in the show notes. Three-pointer number two, the life hack that I am testing this week, and this is something I'm going to keep doing all the time. It's an efficiency. It's not really a life hack, but it's an efficiency setup. It's called Feedly.com. This, I can put all my feeds of the information, the news, the articles that I want to read on, and it just gives it to me right there in line every morning when I wake up. I don't have to search for the website. Basically, saves saves me 30 to 45 minutes, and I can just read up on everything I want to learn on, the most important things to me. It will help you be more efficient with your time Check it out, Feedly.com. That's what I'm doing this week, and I'm going to keep doing it. And the third three-pointer of the week, the NBA behind the scenes as the NBA starts off, kicks off literally tonight. Like I mentioned, we're going to give you the fun ones. The miscellaneous awards continued from the GM survey, NBA.com. All GMs in the league were surveyed to vote on these. Let's start it off with the most Fun team to watch. I think that's a no-brainer, and it was for the awards. Golden State wins at 90%. Which player is the most athletic? Eh, You might think LeBron, but Russ Westbrook wins it at 62%. The best pure shooter, Steph Curry, 71%. Blows away the competition. The fastest with the ball. This is an interesting question. Hmm. It goes to John Wall, 48%. Slightly behind him is Russell Westbrook, of course. The best passer, LeBron James at 36%. The toughest player in the NBA, we have a three-way tie. And I'm going to agree with all three of these. Steven Adams, Draymond Green, Kawhi Leonard. The best leader, LeBron James. The most versatile, LeBron James. The highest basketball IQ, LeBron James. I think we see a trend going on here. How about this one? Which player would you want taking a shot with the game on the line? Steph Curry, 55%. Boom. All right, thank you so much for tuning in to another great episode of the Game of Life podcast with me, myself, and David. We'll have another special treat on for you next week. We're actually going to dive into a different sport and really learn behind the scenes the life in the NFL. This is going to be super interesting. Trust me on that. All right. Have a great week. Have a blessed week. And remember, life is a journey. Enjoy it. David Nurse, Game Life, signing off.